from the big screen to the small screen and everything in between. This is the Screeners Podcast, where all media is appreciated, but none is safe. All right, guys, welcome back to the Screeners Podcast. I know, I know, we've been gone for way too long. A lot of uh, movies and television shows and video games that we've missed, but we're back now with an jam-packed episode, and we're excited to to dive right in. Uh, my name is Chris, by the way. This is Chad. This is Melody. And I'm Josh. And we're the Screeners. All right, we're going to have a lot of fun, uh, but before we get started, we we really do want to hear from you. So if, if you're listening to this podcast right now, here's what I want you to do. Press pause and send us an email telling us what you'd like for us to cover over the next couple of weeks and months. There's a lot of new video games and television shows and movies especially coming out. So let us know what you'd like for us to cover on the show. What would you like to hear us talk about? Or, you know, what maybe uh, have we talked about that you totally disagree with us on that you'd like to, you know, let us know how how much you love that show that show or that movie that we absolutely hated. Anyway, we want to hear from you. Go to screenerspodcast.com Leave us a comment there. Send us an email at screenerscast at gmail.com. Go to our Facebook page. Any way that you want to get in touch with us, there's likely a way for you to do that. So please let us know what you like about the show, what you don't like about the show, and that way we can make this thing better because that's what we really want to do. All right, so let's dive in. Let's talk. This is going to be fun. We know he said pause it right now, but the screeners do not condone emailing and driving. Arrive alive. Don't text and drive. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. All right, since we have so much to catch up on, I know I, for one, was ripped off of at least two main events that I was all prepared and ready to go for. We have a lot to talk about, so we're going to do an extra long, it's not even jump cuts anymore, it's an extra long cutting room floor slash what have you been watching slash let's talk about everything segment. So we're going to get started with Chris, who I believe is going to be talking about Game of Thrones. Yeah, yeah, Game of Thrones, the season finale, season five. Is that right, guys? I didn't even look, but I believe that's might as well be ten. I don't know. (laughs) Season five ended uh, this past Sunday. Uh, This season, I would describe this season as more brutal than any other past season. Obviously, you know, as Game of Thrones production value, I think is through the roof. One of the very best looking seasons of Game of Thrones. But it was definitely brutal. Melody, would you would you agree with me on that, or um, what, what do you think? Are you are you going to continue watching Game of Thrones after this season? <laughs> I guess is my real question to you. You know, yes, I, I do think it was more brutal this season. I, I I still like I still love it. I still love the world, and I still like I I want to finish it out, and I want to know what happens because um, I have not finished the books. There were a couple times in this season where I was just like, you know, this has crossed a line. That I really, I just don't know if I, I mean, I don't know. It, it crosses a line this season, for sure. But, um. One line or? Uh, no. Several lines. But, um, yeah. It, it takes it pretty far. Farther than it's taken it before, I think. Josh, have you been watching this season of Game of Thrones? No, but I want to now. <laughs> right, good. Good, good, Great. good. Great. Well, I mean, definitely, there's no doubt that it is one of the, the, the finest production value television shows out there. You know, just under Hannibal. So what oh I oh my gosh! <laughs> Please don't take the man seriously. No, back. I'm definitely. He's back. You should see the third season of Hannibal's out right oh, now. Oh, someone make and it let, stop! And let me tell you, it starts off with an awesome. Oh man, it's so good. Hannibal, go go watch that. Don't watch Game of Thrones. <laughs> Have you started watching Hannibal, Chad? 
I have not. Oh. I, I have to watch the current season of Game of Thrones, and the, but it is on my list, Chris. You finally beat me into submission. I just I'm I'm doing it now more just so you'll shut up about it than I actually want to watch it. But <laughs> that's all he but ever whatever asked. it takes. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, that's my take on Game I, of Thrones. I don't even know how we turned you, Hannibal from Game of Thrones. You can, you, can, you, can, you can stop the Game of Thrones season five, and, and I'd say put Hannibal first. If you had a season of Hannibal or two to watch before this season of Game of Thrones, watch those two seasons. I disagree of because you haven't seen Hannibal everywhere, and they're just going to get more out there. So if you want to watch it spoiler free, you better watch it quick, Guyton. I still don't know what happened in the Red Wedding. <laughs> you know what happened? Been I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. Listen, besides, everyone died. Is like what I gather. This point. Nobody even cares about the red wedding anymore. Let me tell you about the red wedding. The no, red, what happened in the red that. wedding? Let's not do that. Is that everybody Everybody's had a wonderful died. time? It was actually red go. velvet cake, right. and it was it was wonderful. It was wonderful. That's totally not what I expected. I know. So, can we go ahead and move along? Yes. Right, have we closed off Game of Thrones slash Hannibal? <laughs> <laughs> Look, if we're going to talk about television, we're going to talk about Hannibal. No, we're going to, we're about to talk about television. Chad, what have you got for us? Well, I know I am totally late to the party on this one, but I was given one of the great gifts from the television gods in the last few weeks when I finally started watching HBO Silicon Valley, the Mike Judge show. Yeah. And literally 15 minutes into the first show, I was like, why have I not been watching this a long time ago? It is quite possibly the funniest uh, television show I've ever seen. It's just for me, it just hits that sweet spot for the kind of humor that I that I love. But it's also actually a really good story with characters that you care about. And so I've watched uh, both uh, seasons. The, the finale for season two just happened a couple of days ago, and I'm ready for season three. I, I mean, I pounded through it in a couple of weeks, and it's just great. It is, it's just great. Have you guys watched Silicon Valley at all? Yes, I I yeah. love Silicon Valley. I am yeah. up to date. I am not. I haven't actually watched the finale yet, but it is it. it's on the. Oh no, I I will. Absolutely, I'm Josh, excited. Josh, you actually you work in the in the tech industry for a company that if we said the name out loud, a lot of people would know it and and use your your products. Is what is? I'm interested in your take on kind of the whole dynamic because I imagine there's some people in that show. I, I'm guessing uh, that probably are, are are similar to some of the people that you probably work with. Well. Everyone on that show is, you know, is hyperbole sure. of, yeah. Uh, I can't say <laughs> I have worked with any of those particular personalities, but there are elements that are that exist. Let's just put it that way. What and if we said that one of those guys was your personality. <laughs> <laughs> I would say which one. Tell no one me. wants to answer no, that. Um, is it Jared? I've always wanted to be Jared. <laughs> No, I, his name is Jared. He speaks German in the night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you guys. I can only aspire to be Ehrlich, but I think anybody who has even a passing interest in technology and the people who make it uh, would would really find this quite funny because there's so many just inside jokes. And if you're following like tech stuff that's been happening over the last you know six months to a year, there's so many things that this just references and calls back on that are just really. 
it's funny. I mean, it's a really good, funny show that doesn't make fun of the people who work in that industry. But I don't know. There's a certain level of respect there, but also willing to make fun of itself. Does that make sense? I don't know if that that makes sense. But I, it it doesn't feel like they're making fun of these people. It just feels like they're uh, there's a little bit of respect, but then also they can have fun with it. And it's just hilarious. I feel like it's just hilarious. They're, they're yeah. making fun of the um, of the personalities who kind of don't do the industry any good. Yeah, I think, all those guys. I think the plot of the entire show is is definitely lampooning the culture of Silicon right. Valley for sure. But totally. it's, it's great. And Josh, to answer your question, you're probably. <laughs> mm-hmm. I would say. I know, do I know what you're going to say? I you think know I what do. I'm going to say. Who's it going to be? <laughs> Just say it. Am I Guilfoyle? Gil- absolutely. <laughs> Please Gil- let me be no, Guilfoyle. Come on, Katie, you are. You are. Anybody that's ever, if it's you true. want to know who Josh is, just watch the show. And it's skillful in every way, it in literally true. every way. If you were working in a room literally? with Josh. Yeah, I mean, if you were working in a room with you and you were totally unfettered, yeah. like the pure Josh, it's you. Like, I, that's part of why I laugh at him so much, because I'm like, it I freaking true. know that guy. I'm friends it's with true. him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all love, Josh. It's all love. (laughs) So Silicon Valley, you'd recommend to people? Is that right, Chad? Is oh yes, 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 yes. Now, obviously, I mean, I don't know. It's it's crude, and uh, so if you if you can't handle Mike Judge style comedy, you know, like Idiocracy and things like that, then you probably won't like it. But maybe you will because it's still got a really good story at the core. So yeah, I love this show. Love, love, love it. It's very sweet. It's telling a sweet story, just like. the Judd Apatow style of comedy where, you know, these people are in a hyper real um, scenario, but they are at least, they all have, I don't know, like they're, they're human. It yeah. feels like, oh, I mean, I can kind of relate to these people. Yeah. It, it's, it's, a, it's a caricature, but the interesting thing is how, how close some of what they do is to reality. Right. Right. Sure. Um, especially once you, once you see the finale, like it's oh, yeah. close to reality. Oh man, I want to see it. I'm, I'm just going to stop recording right now and just turn that. Do it. And watch just it. Go Good. watch it. We're out. Just be, that would be consistent with our recording patterns. We'll Thanks see you guys in two months, guys. <laughs> Thanks Peace. for watching the screeners. You're listening to the screeners podcast. I will take the next spot and spend a couple minutes talking about the first movie that we were going to do as a main event, and then only two of us saw, and then we never recorded, which is Ex Machina, mm-hmm. which. The trailers, I, I don't know. I wasn't the one who suggested watching this for a screeners episode, and the trailers kind of made it look a little bit like Fifty Shades of Grey with the robot, <laughs> and I didn't know what to think about that. But I went, I saw it just by myself on a weekend afternoon sometime, and I was pleasantly surprised. Like, there was, as is often the case with movies like this, there was kind of a big plot hole that would ruin the whole plot um, if they had patched it. But the rest of the movie was tight enough and well-constructed enough that I'm almost just willing to overlook that plot hole. And, like, we don't want to do a whole main event, I guess, because we have that ship had sailed long ago. This movie's been out for, like, six months now. A long time. Um, (laughs) So we won't get into any spoilers. But... I enjoyed the writing. The small cast was made the movie very intimate and very, yeah, I'll just stop with intimate in a way that you don't see in a lot of summer movies, I guess. Oh, wait, this wasn't a summer movie, again, six months ago. <laughs> but you don't see that in a lot of sci-fi movies that deal with, deal with artificial intelligence or robots. It's often more expansive 
um, a week or so before I had watched this movie, my wife and I had finally sat down and watched Transcendence, which if you ever get a chance to see that movie, skip it because it's <laughs> terrible. Is that the Johnny Depp one? Yeah. Yeah, it yeah. looks so bad. Yeah, don't. don't. Now, Just wait a minute. Don't. You want, of all the movies that we yeah, want you to I'm see, serious. and you won't see it, and you saw Transcendence, I can't pretty, even believe it. Well, I can't even understand that. I can't even believe My wife likes Johnny Depp. I like Johnny Depp, and we hadn't seen enough of the enough about it to know how bad it was but suffice it to say it's pretty bad um ex machina isn't at at times the whole the the sexual tension in the movie that they pumped up in the trailers kind of it, it felt a little manipulative but overall i would still give it a thumbs up and i would still say you should go see it and chris and melody you should go see it Chad, since you're the only other one who saw it, what do you think? This movie is great. It is really very, very good. And for all the reasons that Josh mentioned, uh, another another thing that's pretty uh, amazing about this is that this was the directorial debut of Alex Garland. And it's hard to imagine that he was able to uh, to do this his first time out, although he's the screenwriter for 28 Days Later, uh, oh, that's su- right. uh, Danny Boyle's Sunshine. Huh. So he he's very good. At, if you if you've seen those films from a writing standpoint, as creating atmosphere, and this this movie definitely has a a very tense, uh, engaging, intimate is the right word atmosphere throughout. The fact that it has a small cast really plays into the into the mood that it sets. It has, of course, all kinds of questions about uh, morality, responsibility, artificial intelligence. So it's not necessarily anything new, but it's just very well told. It was only made for like 13 million bucks too, and it looks great. It looks fantastic. It really does. And so uh, for me, the the central performance by uh, Oscar Isaac, who kind of plays this visionary who's come up and developed this, was spectacular. It was just really, really good. The more more things that I see from him, the more I've really grown to love this guy. He's just a phenomenal actor. And uh, I think this is a movie, Chris and Melly, both of you guys, as much as you love sci-fi, I think you will love this movie. You just need to just get it and see it as soon as you can. So, yeah, I agree with Josh. Big, big thumbs up for me. I, I really liked it. Yeah, I mean, I really didn't want to see it until you guys' review, and now I definitely won't. There's no way I'm going to go see that movie. <laughs> sounds terrible. No, no, I definitely will. Yeah, for you, Chris, it's Altogether. definitely a movie you're going to have to put your iPad down and pay attention to it, for sure. <laughs> Not a problem. I'm just saying. It's a smaller movie. You have to. He wants it. a two screen experience, Chad. <laughs> That's right. All right, let's move on. Let's do it. I believe the only one left is Melody, who has been strangely quiet this whole time. Are you awake, Melody? I'm awake. <laughs> for now. Yes, and I get the best one. What do you have for us? About. I get the best one. I get to talk about Mad Max. Yay! I was really disappointed that we did not do an episode about Mad Max when it first came out because. Yeah, so was I. Well, I'm sure you were, because I felt like there could be some good discussion, but we can still have our discussion right now, people, because this film is certainly worth some notice and attention. So I will just say that Mad Max pretty much has everything in a film that I do not like. I do not like post-apocalyptic films. I do not like any of the previous Mad Max movies. I don't really like the actors that are in this film. I just, I really, 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 really did not want to see it at all. But we had to because we were supposed to record an episode for it. So we went. And I will say, it is probably, it is definitely in my top 10 action films of all time. And certainly one of the top films of this year so far. I loved it a ton. 
Um, and although it it has many things that I do not like, the way that they do it in this film is awesome. And I loved it. It was beautiful. The story was great. The acting was amazing. And I could say a lot more. But I would like to hear what you guys thought of it. Chris, go. Well, okay. So, uh, I mean, I'll just echo Melody in saying that it was one of my most anticipated films after seeing the trailer for this movie, which was by far the best trailer I've seen all year. The moment I sat down on this movie, I had like one of those uh-oh moments of I felt like this is going to be really too crazy. Like, I don't know that I'm going to be able to handle this being amped up to this level. Um, for the first 15 minutes, I just wasn't sure what I was in store for. But at the end of the movie, I honestly believe this is this is deserving of being one of the very best action films that has come along in more than a decade. I mean, I would say that you know, this is in the same pantheon of films as like The Matrix and uh, Terminator 2 and you know, th- these films that do things differently, things that you've never seen on film before, uh, an experience that you, you've never seen. I, I just felt like for the longest time, for the last 10 years or so, we just, I feel like we've just gotten the exact same movie you know, over and over and over again. Action films that have a lot of shaky cam and not, you know, very hard to follow. And the, the stories are just convoluted and just kind of crazy and cartoony. And then we get Mad Max, which is, oh man, it is amped to 11. It is crazy action, things you've never seen on the screen before. The actors doing things practically that are just insane i mean when i say practically i mean they actually shot it without the use of you know cgi and you know all these um huge crutches that that most hollywood films use now i just this movie was a ride i I loved every second of it and i was i was just impressed that anybody could have a vision for this film and be able to shoot it and then put it together in a way that was so cohesive uh, and so easily understood. Um, it was just, I don't know, very little dialogue in this movie, by the way. Like, I, it was just incredible how much story can be uh, conveyed with really tightly shot and edited action. So I love this movie. It, it is high, high, high on my list of, of favorite films of all time. It was really good. Right up there next to Interstellar. So anyway, there we go. The greatest of all time. The greatest of all time, yes. (laughs) So I'm a little worried to hear what Josh has to say. I'm very worried, and I feel like this could be a very big fight, so. It's it's not going to be a big fight. I'm just going to say what I have to say, and that is I love this movie, (laughs) which is what you want to hear. You do love it? No, oh. no, Melody. No, Josh, what is wrong with no, you? Look, Are you look. serious, Josh? There's no way that really. Wow. All to right, the, tell us to, why. To this movie's credit, this is one of probably one of the only movies in in memory that has caused me to have like a full blown narrative identity crisis <laughs> in preparing to talk about it. Really, <laughs> I now. Context is that I don't like action movies and I haven't seen the other Mad Max movies. So I don't have, I had to judge this movie as a standalone story. And to play off of that, Chris said that one of the problems with action movies is that it's just amped up and there's a convoluted story. And there's no danger of this story being convoluted 
because, like you said, there is about 10 minutes of dialogue in a two-hour movie. Yeah. And I sat through that entire two hours wishing for it to end, hoping for it to end, thinking a couple times that it had ended, and then realizing when it faded up from black that, no, of course not. That would be too intelligent to end there. They have to keep going. And I hated every minute of it. I came home just angry at the movie, and I wrote down this. I wrote a review all prepared to um, talk about on the podcast and compared it uh, most memorably probably to the 1995 video game made by Penn and Teller called Desert Bus, where your job <laughs> is to drive a bus. No, hold on. <laughs> they, they came up with this idea as a satire in the mid-90s, and your job is to drive a bus from Tucson to Las Vegas in real time, yep. and the bus drifts slightly to the right. <laughs> you get to Las Vegas, you get one point. And the tedium involved in that is, was what Mad Max evoked in me. But... Over the next few days, I went back and I read more about the movie, and I read some just glowing, oozing, dripping, crazy reviews of it, and people who really wanted there to be a story in this movie. And the story that they wrote, that they pulled out of this two hours of people not talking to each other and blowing things up, was beautiful. And it was... It was a whole, it was cohesive, it had good themes that you don't see in Hollywood. And I asked myself, what does what do I require from a movie in order to come away thinking that, in order to be satisfied by it on a narrative level? A question we've all and, asked, Josh. I'm amen. Yes, amen. A question we have all asked. <laughs> amen. What do you want? And I don't know whether I've answered that question yet, but in the context of thinking about Mad Max, I have to come to the conclusion that the story that its fans want it to have is not... The bones of it are present in the script, if, except there is no script. There's a pile of storyboards that was written 16 years ago, and there is no actual script to this movie. Isn't that awesome? That's so good. No, that, no Chris, <laughs> it is. no. It is. No, that is not good. That Film is, is a visual medium, and if you can tell a story without words, that's incredible. That's amazing. Sorry, so, continue. Go ahead. So no, well, no, that's that's a that's a useful that's a useful point because I I don't know. People saw this in the movie, and so a portion of it must be there. But how much of that is the reviewer? reflecting themselves in what they saw on the screen because you can put a lot of things into that movie well no you see but but you can you walk in with what you walk in and you said you know all these fans of these this movie and i think there are a lot of fans of this movie but i've not actually seen any of the other mad max films so i didn't you haven't really no i have not not a single one wow so i didn't come in you would have no so i didn't come in with any preconceived notions just like melody said she walked into this thing I was ready to hate it. Ready to hate it. <laughs> so, like, and, and we also, and and, and I've had a, a group of friends who do not like action films that I have recommended this film to. They're, um, and we this is a whole another can of worms we can get into. But this has been a um, a big, you know, the, the whole feminist movement about this. The, uh, the, the, oh yeah. Uh, so we had a couple of friends of ours who are feminists, and I recommend that recommended it to them, and they went to go see it and enjoyed it as well, just on that pure level. And so I. I don't know, Josh. I feel like 
maybe you just you weren't ready for that. You were expecting the normal kind of like three act structure with dialogue and a hero's journey. And this well, certainly see, isn't a, a hero's journey. This or, really isn't. Or maybe he, he just hates everything. Like we've always <laughs> I, I, think, I think Josh I think you're having a crisis right now though I think you're thinking to yourself why does everybody love this thing and I somehow didn't didn't like it because I didn't know well, No, see I don't have any problem with hating something yeah, everyone else loves I, I'm trying to give it an honest treatment here sure sure uh, I know you but I, I think you should question yourself like why does everybody love this Josh thing Josh revels in the fact that everyone loves it and he doesn't it makes him feel good sorry go ahead and wrap it up I didn't mean to interrupt you but I no no that's this is a this is a discussion no I just I've ended up feeling like the bones of this beautiful story are there but I feel like it's giving George Miller too much credit to say that he wrote this beautiful meaningful story when it's five minutes of talking and everyone hates each other and people fall in love at first sight and the end Okay, but that, that is so hate far. Each other. People fall in love at first sight. That, that's just not even close to what happens in that movie. That, that is exactly what happened with the war boy. Exactly what happened. Okay, well, here, here, here's the thing. Oh, Here's the thing. So for, for me, even when, you're, even when you're saying that, Josh, you are, you're, you're, you're taking just what is, quote unquote, what would be written on a piece of paper and Assuming saying that's... Been written. Exactly, and that's what I'm saying. It wasn't. This is a visual thing, and so if if you're telling me <clears throat> that no, here's here's my thought of it, and we need to hear Chad's thought before we go too much further. No, you guys are doing a great job. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is is that every single piece of every frame in this movie could be placed on a a wall and be a piece of art. This this is a gorgeous looking movie. Every single every place the camera was placed, every color that was chosen, the way that they shot this movie. I don't know if you heard of any of the behind-the-scenes stuff, but after I watched the movie, I've, I've seen it twice now. After I watched the movie for the very first time, I went and tried to get as much information as I could, but like the director of photography overexposed everything in this uh, film on purpose, knowing exactly how they were going to color grade it. So every shot, every um, sequence was thought out in a visual way and like you said it was there was no script it was it, but it was thought out it was a storyboard that was thought out I mean, I, man i'll tell you what most films in their action sequences you know it's just a garbled mess they just shoot the heck out of it and then they edit it put it together in the editing room yep and they don't even know what they're going to get until afterwards this thing they knew where they were going they told a story that was cohesive that you could understand you could understand i understood where mad max was every single time in in location and in space like in, like i wasn't confused about who he was fighting or what his um his goal was like i was able to understand point A to point B the entire time. It was wonderful. So anyway, that, that's all I want to say there. I want to hear what Chad, Chad. Maybe Chad hates it too. And then <laughs> uh, what are we going to do? <laughs> it has a 98 on Rotten Tomatoes. Chad's not that contrarian. Yes, it has a 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is remarkable. Well, I mean, you guys have <clears throat> you've, you've killed the horse and stomped it and, and ground it up and ate it at this point as far as the, you know, the, mm, the differing horse. views. But, <laughs> you know, the thing I would say is that what you what a person takes out of one's engagement with art is up to that person. That's an individual experience. So I don't I don't know how you can begrudge someone for getting something out of this or not getting something out of it. I think the people that are 
that are pulling meaning from this are doing so because there are breadcrumbs in there that allow them to do so. And the people that don't, which may be only Josh in the world, maybe um, only Josh, <laughs> don't. What I'll just say just very quickly, because we really have talked about this a long time, is that I, I enjoyed this story. My internal monologue while I was watching this, and I like action movies, but I'm not like on Chris's level where I, you know, I appreciate them as an art form in and of itself as a subgenre where I just I love a movie just because of the action necessarily. But this movie, my internal monologue while I was watching it was I, I, I said to myself, holy crap, like 200 times. Like, mm-hmm. I have never yeah. seen anything like that before. So just the visual mastery and the craftsmanship of what I was seeing, first of all, just made me appreciate what I was seeing. As far as the way that it builds and builds and builds, it consistently crescendos towards the climax all the way through one scene outdoing the next, outdoing the next. And so from just a momentum standpoint, it was thrilling. From a, a story standpoint, I, I thought personally that this was more Furiosa's story than it was even Mad Max's story because she had a lot of screen time and I identified with her character in as much as I felt like her story was more interesting and I enjoyed everything just the, the way she was designed the way that she interacted with the world the role reversal of calling this movie Mad Max but it's really the lead is is Furiosa just had a lot of things in there that I thought were very interesting. And I like the fact that it's almost like a silent film. I like the fact that you can learn. I mean, there were a couple times in this movie where I was genuinely moved for decisions that characters made. And not necessarily in the big moments, but just in the little mundane moments of care and, and the way that they interacted with each other without the dialogue. So, And then you, you, you pile on top of that the fact that George Miller is 70 years old. Oh my gosh. It's mm-hmm. just, I mean, it's just, it's just mind blowing. This is, I don't, you know, I don't want to be too hyperbolic because it's not my favorite movie of all time. Certainly not. But to say that I didn't completely enjoy the experience because it was a quote unquote experience, you know, would be untrue. It was just a, unlike anything that I've seen in such a long time. And I agree with you, Chris, that it, this is a movie like The Matrix or a movie like that that comes along that kind of refocuses Hollywood, hopefully, on how to do action and how to do. Because what I did love about right. it was what you said. I never at one time was distracted by just constant crash zooms and quick cuts and two frame shots and things like that where I was just right. completely disoriented. And it's just very frustrating. I, this was beautifully shot and and masterfully crafted and i took out of the story you know what i brought into it just that it's like the jaws effect where it's a very tight story there's nowhere to go you got one direction and you're in a chase and so it has intrinsic you know tension and so for me i enjoyed the ride i don't think there's any for some people there may be you know levels of things that they take away from it but for me i just enjoyed the thrill ride for for what it was And there's no doubt that this is a simplistic, simplistic plot. I mean, let's be honest. There is no huge amount of depth. And I think if you if if you pull the depth out, that's fine. But I think just like you you said, Chad, is that this is an action movie. And if you go in knowing that, and then you're surprised by the fact that it's not a Furious Seven, it's not a um, you know some of these other action films that have come out that have just just been all about the action and not really about anything else you find that there's actually interesting characters and subtext 
and things that you can sink your teeth into, just like the Matrix, where on on the on the surface level, it's just about a dude who can control you know this virtual reality. But when you dig a little deeper, you realize that can be about philosophy and life and who we are. I feel like the same thing can be said about Mad Max. This this movie was well enough thought out that it's a real world. It feels lived in. It feels like, feels like there's a, a culture. Yeah, there's a universe that exists there. And you know, it has a dude with a guitar and flames. So shut <laughs> up on top of a car. Awesome. With, Drop with the chains. mic. I mean, Drop the mic. If I could just say one thing, I know we've really talked about this movie a long time, but... I really was impressed at the way that it didn't take the, like, weird factor too far. Like, a lot of the post-apocalyptic films, like, stuff is just too weird or it's too gross or it's too sexual or it's too violent. Like, and this movie, like, you expect that the whole time. You're, like, kind of on edge of weirdness the whole time. Or, like, it's going to get too gory or it's going to get too sexual. And, like, it keeps the tension of all of those things. But it doesn't, it doesn't cross any lines, in my opinion. It's... I mean, I I would recommend this movie to almost anyone, which is crazy because I really thought I was going to hate it. So I think that people should see it. If you haven't seen it yet and you're listening to this podcast, you like movies enough to listen to this podcast, you have to see Mad Max. Yeah, Josh. <laughs> if you watch this movie, you contribute to the hastening of the world it depicts. That's all <laughs> nice. Josh, nice. you are silly. Oh, man. Welcome to the main event. All right, guys. So Jurassic Park for me was life-altering, and I mean that in the literal sense. Uh, when I was in fifth grade, I saw Jurassic Park, and it changed my life. I knew from that moment on that film was what I wanted to do. I just I fell in love with what the medium could do, how it could make me feel. And so uh, several years later now, um, the fourth film in the Jurassic franchise has come out. And, you know, we are we're recording this on Monday evening after the, uh, the, the film has come out. It's worldwide release. And it has the biggest box office opening of all time, the biggest opening weekend of all time, which means it, it firmly supplants it into that blockbuster status. None of the other films really did that well, and so there's definitely an interest in this world of Jurassic Park. Uh, IMDb, uh, their official synopsis of Jurassic World, is this. 22 years after the events of Jurassic Park, Isla Nublar now features a fully functioning dinosaur theme park, Jurassic World, as originally envisioned by John Hammond. After 10 years of operation and visitor rates declining, in order to fulfill a corporate mandate, a new attraction is created to re-spark visitors' interest, which backfires horribly. We have learned more in the past decade from genetics than a century of digging up bones. A whole new frontier has opened up. We have our first genetically modified hybrid. Just went and made a new dinosaur? Probably not a good idea. Almost 40 feet high. Really think she climbed out? Depends. On what? What kind of dinosaur they cooked up in that lab. Evacuate the island. She's a highly intelligent animal. She will kill. Anything that moves. Oh, God. 
Josh. Oh, Lord. Why did I put you as being first? <laughs> what did you, you did. think? I think you put yourself as being first. I think we should, we no, should go that I, I, I think I think I'm going to go last just because I think that will be the most... Um, <laughs> Just get the get the bad taste out of the way. Yeah, I, I feel here. like yeah, I feel like we need a cleanser after Josh. So Josh, what do you think right, of Jurassic right. World, man? I, actually, I will be your first balancer. Of all, first of all, hang on a second before we even start there. Yes, I saw the movie. What? No, no, no. no. Yay! What? What? What is your what is your feelings on the Jurassic franchise? Um, Jurassic Park, The Lost World, and Jurassic. What has been your experience? It was, 20, it was 22 years ago. I don't remember. You don't remember? Okay, all right. Well, that's um, there, there were dinosaurs. No, so what I remember the most from Jurassic Park is um, the video game on Sega Genesis, which I had when I first got a Sega, and you could play as, uh, who was the, was it, it wasn't Hammond, was it? Um, the doctor guy, never mind. You could play as him or you could play as a freaking Velociraptor. You just run around the levels. <laughs> Talking about things. Ian Malcolm, great. Could be Ian Malcolm, is that who you could be? I didn't have a. Let's say name. yes. It, his <laughs> his first name was Doctor. So who was the Doctor? Oh, Grant, Doctor Grant. You talking yeah, about Doctor Grant? That's uh, who it was. Gotcha. Sorry. So anyway, I liked Jurassic Park, the video game. Um, I didn't see the movie when it came out because I was nine and I couldn't see PG thirteen movies. But my feelings about the franchise, I I don't have any strong ones really because i know this is this is your thing so it is no doubt it is totally your thing and so you, you are that that guy sitting in the control room wearing the jurassic park t-shirt i was wearing my jurassic park t-shirt in the theater <laughs> beautiful i love it you were both I, times that many, you saw it not both times no <laughs> i had to i had how to wash people, the t-shirt how many people went to jurassic world in costume did you see any raptors there no, but if I if I could have purchased or got my hand on a Velociraptor suit, I would have. That would have been very annoying for the people behind. Big you. foam figure. <laughs> I would have been very upset. No, 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 no. Go ahead. What? 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 Were, okay, so no, you have no relation really to the Jurassic Park franchise. Oh, well, I've seen them. Yeah, I, but you I think I saw two. I know I saw one and three. I must have seen two. Cool. Um, so no real relation to the franchise, but setting the franchise aside except for the self-referential parts of the movie itself. Right. Apologies to the 11-year-old Chris when I say that Jurassic World is formulaic drivel of the worst kind. Well, not the worst kind. The worst kind doesn't sell any tickets, right? This sold a whole metric ton of tickets, so it's obviously doing something right. Spielberg knows how to draw a crowd, and this movie was perfectly constructed as far as the script felt like it was written by an algorithm like we talked about in an episode a few months back like this this script this entire movie was beat 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 not a single surprising thing happened and it was just kind of the the movie had no soul it had a lot of attraction it had dinosaurs it had action and things eating other things and people running around and Chris Pratt sometimes pretending to be a redneck and sometimes not and it was great and he had muscles but <laughs> there was no there there I think I was the only person in the theater I, I went to by the way I went to a 220 matinee on a Saturday and the theater was pretty full especially for being a matinee and everyone was cheering like the climax everyone clapped I think I was the only one to literally burst out laughing at the climax of the movie <laughs> which i i only remember doing in hannibal that's a whole other story don't don't ask 
And <laughs> so that's about where I land on this movie. The end. Oh, gosh. That's amazing. Oh. <laughs> okay, so, are right, you done? Is that is that your review of Jurassic World? My review of Jurassic Just, World. There were dinosaurs, and I laughed. The end. wow. Okay, Just noticing a theme of Josh being the only one who doesn't do something that everyone else does. But he's good. That's good. Did I say about Ex Machina? Yeah. So you is that, is that your feelings of Jurassic World? It was dribble, and you didn't. Everything was. Just it was way you thought it was complete formula from beginning to end, and it was very well constructed formula. It was just like every other movie, and it was the story that you expect to happen and that you want to happen. And so, on on that aspect of things, it was satisfying to an audience, but I got nothing out of it. Gotcha. So satisfying to the 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 masses, to the, the common lemmings, folk, the lemmings that go to these movies, opiate of the masses. There you go. <laughs> All right, that's what I wanted to hear. Awesome. Yes. Okay, Chad, what did you think of Jurassic World? Well, see, there there has been a consistent issue with films, for me, where the first, and just take a number, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, the first half uh, is typically so very good where the setup is wonderful and everything is, you know, working and then it just falls apart and it just is ridiculously bad. This movie is the polar opposite of that for me where the first hour and a half of this two hour movie, I was like, I want someone to kill me right now because (laughs) this is the dumbest thing I have seen. And then the last 30 minutes were, was super fun. Also ridiculous, but super fun. And so the problem that I had with this movie, and when we get into spoilers, I've got, we can really talk about some specific things. But the main problem I had with this movie is it is in such a hurry to try and be the first Jurassic Park, to try and replicate some of the same beats, that it just never, Josh put it exactly right, that it has lots of, lots of spectacle and no soul. Because it's just, one of the things that, the original Jurassic Park did was it had these moments that were terrifying and these set pieces that were constructed in such a great way that it was like little mini movies that were very satisfying in and of itself. This movie is got so many different things that it's trying to throw in that none of it works. It's the setup to me was cheesy and silly. The dialogue is absolutely awful. I mean, with, with lines like he's not eating them, he's hunting for sport. Oh, thank you. I mean, it's just little things that just pile up one on top of the other characters that are completely dumb where and again, we got to get into spoilers so I can get into it. But just characters where I didn't understand their motivations. They had no no reason to do what they did. Uh, the owner of the of the the island has literally one of the dumbest scenes I've ever seen. And then there's another guy, and they have like the worst control room in history, where evidently people can just walk in. They have no security, and they just take it over. And it's, the <laughs> control room doesn't do anything. <laughs> no, no, no. Someone tried around. to stop him. You can't just come walking what, in. What, in what are you doing in here? It's just. <laughs> I mean, I was sitting there, and I, I it's just, none of it was scary. None of it was thrilling. And the thing is, is the very, very beginning, I thought the initial setup was going to be about these two young brothers and their aunt, and it was going to be 
and Chris Pratt, obviously, and it was going to be about their journey, and and there was a lot of great potential there, I thought, and then it just turned into this dumb, 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 dumb movie, and my my audience was just like Josh. They were cheering and clapping, and I was like, I'm in the Twilight Zone. This movie is terrible. <laughs> I don't understand what's happening, and then, like I said... For me, it turned over, when we get into spoilers, we'll talk about it specifically, it turned over where the last action set piece was enjoyable, just on a purely visceral action, you know, blockbustery kind of level. I was able to enjoy that because it failed so spectacularly at everything else that it was trying to convey. So when I walked out of this, I was like, Chris is this, Chris is going to freaking love this movie. I have no <laughs> doubt. But I, it's, it made me sad because I was, I had heard a lot of good buzz about it. A guy, when the credits rolled, a guy in my theater screamed out loud, this is the greatest movie I've ever seen. And people clapped. People clapped. And I just, you know, and I just, I just put my head down and walked away. Sad for the, Mad Max is coming. Josh is right. It's the, Our world is, is turning into that. So anyway, for me. I wanted to love this movie, but the it was so dumb. Like the cutaway scene, it's like, the engine guys are bad. And then it does a quick cut to a guy in a helicopter, and he like snipes down a dinosaur, and mm-hmm. it's like, dun-dun-dun. It's like, oh, I want to kill myself. But anyway, but it's going to make a billion dollars, and, you know. It's already halfway there. I, I, I just think there's there's got to be a place where... Just the the thrill, the simple chase story is enough. Trying to survive is enough without trying to open it up all the, you know all the score throwbacks to the original. It just uh, you know, and it's so it's metaness drove me crazy. Like where it's always commenting on saying things like no one's impressed with dinosaurs anymore, and it like has all oh it's the Jurassic Park T-shirt. It's like so busy trying to comment and be the first one that it just, it just amounted to nothing for me so anyway i'm sorry didn't like it sorry i love you though chris and it. i love all right all right melody what did you think <laughs> of jurassic world okay so first of all we saw this movie really 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 late at night so that that was not the greatest way to see it and then our 3D, we saw it in like IMAX 3D, but like there was a flicker on the side of the screen the entire time, which is was extremely Ooh. annoying. Oh, so funny. both of those things had me disposed to just be annoyed by the viewing of this film and be fighting very hard to stay awake. Okay, I did not hate it as much as the two of you boys did. I think that it was fun to see this world fully developed, to see this park that you know, we've only dreamed about before now. And I don't have like the the great affinity to the original film that, that Chris does and, and maybe Chad does a little bit. But I, I liked it a lot. Like I, I have fond memories of it. And so I, I thought it was fun to see, you know, the full park and, and see all the rides and see the attractions, see all the people there. Like that was cool. And I think that that you what you guys didn't love about it trying to recreate beats from the original and and bring back pieces of the original and feelings of the original like if i if if i would have gone to this movie expecting like some great new thing then that would have been annoying but i think i went just expecting like to to have some nostalgia you know and so i did have the nostalgia and that was fine i think that 
there are sequences in this movie where I was very engaged with the action and I thought it was fun. Like I was having fun. So those were good. I think there was a lot of it that, I mean, I didn't want to kill myself, but it, it was certainly foolish dialogue, foolish decisions by characters, things that made no sense. And the more I think about it, the more those things bother me. But I mean, at the end of the day, walking out, I feel like, oh, that was fun to see Jurassic World in all its glory and be reminded of the original. And that's pretty much the best I can say about it. I will say the thing I'll probably remember most about seeing this movie is that after the film was completed and the credits were rolling, it was a packed theater. And I was sitting next to Chris and then there was a guy on the other side of him that we didn't know. He was just sitting next to him. And the guy leans over to Chris and is like, meh. And Chris is just like quiet. And I'm like, oh no, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And and then Chris just kind of like smiles and smirks. And the guy was like, don't you think? And he like pursued it. Like they, that wasn't the end of the conversation. And Chris was just like, and then Chris punched trying to straighten it. He was like, he was like, well, I totally disagree, but that's okay. And like, I was like, oh no, we're going to have a fist fight right here in the theater. Like, don't engage, don't engage. But then they, they started talking and it wasn't so ugly as I was afraid it was going to be. But Chris was not happy. So anyways, Chris, tell us why you disagree with the meh comment. <laughs> I can hardly wait. Uh, okay, well, let me just, let me start off by saying this. And I, I think I've already, uh, you know, in my intro, obviously giving you the idea that I am really emotionally connected with this franchise jurassic park means a lot to me i, I love that movie Chris, and does it mean enough to you that you would hang a picture from the movie in your <laughs> guest bathroom yeah absolutely <laughs> okay and i, I do i do. double check because i think that's <laughs> I, actually a true statement <laughs> it is a, it is a true statement so anyway I, I i love this movie i i've seen the movie more than any other film i've read the book you know many many times i just i love this world um, so to say that I was excited to see this movie would be an understatement in, in in every way, shape, and form. Let me just start off with the cons of this movie, just so that you know we can get that out in the open, and then I can give this how I really thought. Number one, for me, and the thing that was kind of the most disappointing was um, I've been watching Daredevil on Netflix. Have you guys watched Daredevil at all yes, recently? It's great. It is wonderful, and in in Daredevil. Josh, have you seen it at all? Not yet. Well, um, in Daredevil, uh, there is one of the greatest villains in comic book history, right up there with the Joker, and that is played by Vincent D'Onofrio. No doubt. Um, And he is a spectacular actor in in, in that television series. And when I noticed, when I saw that Vincent D'Onofrio was going to be in Jurassic World, I was like, all right, yes, we're going to get this great actor. And his character is terrible. It's the dumbest um, thing. It's the dumbest it's, thing. It's, it is, it, Which it character was, is that? He's the, the engine head the guy. Villain. That, yeah, he's the villain. The, the, uh, the guy who yeah. wants to the, weaponize everything. The weapon. Right. It, that, that was super stupid. That whole, I don't want to make any sto- uh-huh. spoilers. Oh. That whole storyline, that whole character, everything about that, the whole reasoning, all that stuff dumb. is dumb, horribly dumb. And, you know, it, it just, it, it, that hurt my heart. Like, I was like, man, Vincent D'Onofrio could have, you had him. Like, listen, you can't undersell that for people that haven't seen Daredevil. It's one of the greatest yeah. portrayals of a villain in a comic yeah. book series ever. It's and, wonderful. And, and, and genuinely, the moment he started talking, his first bit of dialogue with Chris Pratt's character, um, 
in this film, my heart sank. I was like, oh, no, we're getting that, guys, really? Because, you know, in, in all these Jurassic Park films, you know, it, it, it fits. There's always a narrative that kind of almost always works is that there's, you know, a a scientific discovery that is amazing. It's obviously very dangerous if we're not if we don't, you know, respect it. And then there's always somebody trying to steal something that makes it go horribly wrong. And so Vincent D'Onofrio's character fills that role in this film, and it's just disappointing, and it doesn't make any sense, and I just don't even understand it. So let me just start off with that. That, that is the most disappointing part of me, just because like, I understood that Vincent D'Onofrio is an amazing actor, that if you give him incredible stuff, he can do incredible things, and this just doesn't use him and it kind of makes this movie terrible. And so if that, if that, um, I mean, it, it does a terrible disservice to the film. If, if that was not in this film, it would have been, um, so much better. It could have been replaced by anything and I would have loved it. That being said, oh God. I, I adored this movie. <laughs> oh my God. It's not um, real. again, like I, like I said before, I have a very emotional connection to this. So th- the, there's a scene when the boys first get on the Island and, the kid is running around and really excited to get started. And um, one of the um, one of the actors asks, you know, well, the the brother, um, you know, can we have him slow down? And he's like, No, we can't have him slow down. He's excited to be here. I was that kid. Like I was ready to get into this park and see what it had to hold. And he opens up a door, and the camera sweeps over this this Jurassic World. And literally, as the the or- the score begins to play that. Jurassic Park theme I begin to weep uh, literally I'm crying in the theater watching this because I've thought about this my entire life of seeing what that park would have looked like in in the first film if you know things didn't go wrong and that is exactly what we see here is we're back on that original island we are seeing the events um, occur if everything would have happened the way that John Hammond wanted it to happen I loved it. And honestly, I think um, everything with the brothers is pretty spectacular. Um, if we would have just stayed with the brothers uh, for you know the bulk of the, the film. For the entire I think, movie. Yeah, for, the, for a little bit more than we did. And, and we didn't have to um, spend so much time, specifically with Bryce Dallas Howard's character. I get it. I understand it. Like That, that was interesting. But I felt like the emphasis was not placed enough on the kids. Um, and in most of the stuff the kids do is great. There's a there's a sequence in the gyrosphere um, when they go off road, quote unquote, with the gyrosphere um, that is an awesome sequence. There's a sequence in a um, mobile veterinary um, uh, clinic uh, truck <coughs> that is one of the best in Jurassic Park. I felt like that could have fit. Um, that that sequence itself could is just as good as any sequence in Jurassic Park, the original film. Um, it, it, there's some really great stuff here. I thought Chris Pratt is amazing. Uh, he was really really good. I mean, I, I think everything that he did, anybody else in that role, I feel like it could have been a whole lot worse. But he did some really great stuff, and and I, I thought it was really well done. So at the end of the day, I enjoyed the movie. I really did. Faults and all, definitely there were warts there. But I, I really, I love the 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 world that this creates. Literally, um, I like spending time in it and just being able to see. Um, I mean, genuinely, that the 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 park that they create felt like a real thing. Like 
it really did. I, it felt like they had fully thought out, like, okay, how does it work? Where the where the attractions? Um, you know, what kind of stuff would we do with the different dinosaurs? A petting zoo for the kids, and you know, like this underground um, uh, aquarium to see all of the prehistoric, uh, you know, fish and all this kind of cool stuff. I just really liked the the world that they created here and thought it was it was really kind of cool. And so I, for me. I definitely think it's worth, uh, especially if you're just in the mood for popcorn, dumb action, this is it. I don't know if it is. It definitely doesn't rise to the level of the first Jurassic Park, but it definitely delivers on a sequel um, that, that is true to that original, the original feel. Um, and, and they do a really good job. They do some new things, and, and I, I enjoyed it. I really did. I had a good time in Jurassic World. I love that you love it, Chris. Thanks. I just want to give you a big hug right now. Any, anything else that we want to talk about before we jump into spoilers, everybody? Okay, spoilers for no. Jurassic World coming up. Here we go. <laughs> the first rule of Fight Club is you do not talk about Fight Club. Well, you look nervous. Is it the scars? You want to know how I got them? But there's so many places it wouldn't have occurred to a hawk to hide. However, the reason the Führer's brought me off my house in Austria and placed me in French cow country today is because it does occur to me. Because I'm aware what tremendous feats human beings are capable of once they abandon dignity. And in the dream, I knew that he was going on ahead. And he's fixing to make a fire somewhere out there in all that dark and all that cold. And I knew that whenever I got there, he'd be there. Then I woke up. All right, lay it on me. Talking about. Well, I mean, so I, did did, did the parents get divorced? Did they did they get divorced? No, they're going to. I want to know if they got divorced. Hey, they're going to nope. get back together at the end because our boys. Or, or, or do the we not know? Because tragedy binds us all. But we don't know. We don't know. Who knows? We don't know. No, we don't know at all. Let me tell the you another is, thing. Is, it's unresolved. It's a it's a great narrative device. Let me tell you where I knew the the the. <laughs> shark was getting ready to be jumped when she finds out that her her two uh nephews are missing and they're in the which by the way that was very cool those little sphere things whatever that ride yeah concept behind that was very cool when she finds out that they're gone but in in the middle of trying to find them because they could be killed they think that it's a good idea to get out and pet a dying brontosaurus and then philosophize on you know, the state of the park, and you know they, the first time I and they the cry, first time I saw that, the first they, time I saw that, I agreed with I, I I thought the same thing, Chad, and then I saw it for the second time, and I realized w- w- what they were doing and 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 what was happening there is they didn't know where the kids were, so they were they were searching so, for the kids. No, so, no, so, no, so no. yeah. <laughs> Listen, what happened is they recreated Chris, Jurassic Park. If you. If your no, two seriously. if your two daughters were missing, would you stop and hold the head of this creature, and then cry and look off into the distance and be like, "Oh, yes, it is so sad." No, you would not do that. You would get back in the car and you would continue again, to drive. It's the it's dumb. No, it's not. It's not dumb because because Chris, again, again. To be honest, we've established that she doesn't care about her nephews that much at this no, point. Well, that's true. Yeah, exactly. Now, I, I think what they're trying to say with that scene is. Owen, who is the main character, Chris Pratt's character, is trying to find the kids, right? He stops the car because he sees the 
wreckage, the, the death being caused by uh, the Indominus. So he goes over to check what's going on, and as he's checking, he sees that, that obviously now we've learned something new about Indominus Rex, that he is going to kill for sport, not just to kill to, to eat or, you know, whatever. He's just, he's literally killing for um, for sport. Like, that's what I think he's, they're, they're doing so there. So that's and, and why it, she got out of the car and he held the head and they sat there. And I, I agree, I agree, felt, it felt strange. The first time that. I felt strange, I was like, what the heck is he doing? And then I realized he's, they're, tra- they're tracking the Indominus. He's following the tracks of the Indominus. Oh my that's what he's doing. I, I'm just saying. I, I'm, you just haven't seen it enough. <laughs> Chris, I'm just saying, I'm, that's dude, what he's doing. It was horrible. Then let's talk about the dumb... That's not horrible. It's horrible. And then let's talk about the dumb owner... Flying the helicopter scene that was, was so the dumbest stupid. thing I've ever Wait, seen. First, first cut to the villain. <laughs> yeah, the villain. Okay, cut back. And then it's like we, you know, who who can fly the helicopter? We don't need anyone yeah. else. And it like does a Spielbergian push into his face, and it like has the underscore. And then he gets in the helicopter, and then he crashes and dies, and nobody <laughs> cares. It was that so entire dumb. sequence was so. Dumb. So I saw that completely differently than you did, but okay, all right. Why? <laughs> there was another way to see that. Ow. Yeah, that he that he was not. So <clears throat> in the first film, John Hammond had the owner of the the park, right? Had a singular vision and would do anything for that vision. It was pretty selfish, right? And so this owner took on the good parts of John Hammond, right? The fact that this is supposed to be a fun park and that people are supposed to have a good time. I felt like you say, we don't need anybody else where he was like, he was being macho. I saw it as being like, I don't want to, I don't want to have anybody else risk their life is what I thought he was saying. Like, I'm going to look, I can fly it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to risk my life to take down the, the Indominus. That's what I thought he was saying. It's not Uh, that it was macho. It's that it was a bad line. Okay. Well, may, maybe Everything that. Maybe that's about the case. that entire sequence was bad. It was. It was bad. Oh, all was, right. There was just no tension. All there right. was no heart. There was no humanity in this movie. It was just little glimpses of one set piece to the other, and it was just all ridiculous. And you know, Bryce, oh. Bryce uh, Howard, uh, Dallas Howard, her her character was cold the entire time. I just. It didn't. I don't know. I just for me, it just it made no sense. It just it I couldn't connect to any of it until the very end, which I did like Chris Pratt. I mean, it's impo- it's it's difficult not to like him because he's he's a likable guy on screen. Uh, his character is a little bit ridiculous, but when he's on screen and he's getting his Raptors ready, that he's he's the alpha now and all that stuff. You know, all that was fun. But so I did just, you guys the, all the stuff leading up to it? It was just I wasn't invested in it all. Literally <laughs> couldn't care less at that point. Well, I mean, I honestly, you know, again, be just because of my my love for this type of of film. You know, seeing them things go wrong like that <clears throat> that sequence when the Indominus breaks out of the his his paddock for the first time. I, the first time I watched the movie, of course, I was like glued to the to the screen. The second time I went to see it, I was watching the audience's reaction. And I'll tell you, like you said, this isn't a horror movie, but people were scared in my in my screening. Like people were jumping, you know, they were visibly visibly tense uh, in my in my screening. Specifically when you know the the Indominus was uh, uh, fighting that whole big group of. Uh, what do they call it? The asset containment units, the ACUs. Yeah, but for um, me, I didn't see. Any, there were, for me, I think this in this movie there are two places where it was very tense and I enjoyed it. One was 
when Chris Pratt, when the guy falls into the, the raptor cage and then he jumps in there to try and save him. Sure. That whole sequence was really very, very well done as far as yeah. the tension and what's going to happen and how he got out. Awesome. The sequence and that, conveys and conveys the lots of his story. relationship. Yes, relationship with the Velociraptor, yep. saying that he he can kind of agreed, kind agreed. of control them. You know, but they are out of control. There's sure. no doubt. They're but animals. that whole sequence was very very well done. And then the sequence at the end when they're in the in the vehicle and they're the Raptors are chasing them and all that. That again, that veterinary, very, yeah, yeah, very very well awesome. done. But those are the only two. I was never at any time. The gyrosphere? That was cool, but it that, wasn't... That wasn't thrilling to you? You no. you weren't scared for those kids? Really? No. no. Really? You know, no. You know they're not getting no. eaten. No, I, I did. If, if you contrast... And again, I know I'm not trying to compare it to the first one, but you contrast that one to the first one with the with the T-Rex in the, in the vehicle that's overturned. That was pure... If I watched it right Chad, now, I would be Chad. electrified right Chad. now. That Chad. is not the same. Chad, stop it. Jurassic Park is one of the best movies Chris, on the planet. I, this movie is called Jurassic World, and Steven Spielberg <laughs> is an executive producer, and it's a sequel. I, yeah, people, I understand. And people like you are going around you, telling everybody you, that this is a worthy sequel, and it's so great. It is. It is certainly not. a worthy sequel. If oh. you watch The Lost World or you oh. watch Jurassic Park 3, those those movies... I like The Lost even World a lot better like, than this movie. Oh, no. Oh, The I Lost did. World was terrible no. in every sense of that word. That's not true. You Steven just, Spielberg oh. should be ashamed... You just feel that way because it wasn't Ouch. a script that you wanted but the movie as just a standalone movie is very good no. yeah. silly as all get out the the last the the last uh when you say that you you you're expecting oh, maybe it wasn't you were talking about it but as far as the the endings go that movie's ending going i don't want to spoil the lost world for people who maybe haven't seen it but like i probably that, haven't that the 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 end of that movie is silly and one of the worst the one of the worst hour and a half of this movie is silly. I, the, I mean, I totally to the disagree. Nth degree. I mean, you just you just explained there's several sequences two, that you enjoyed two sequences, in the first half of the two right, well, sequences. Again, out of a like two that's, hour movie. That is what the Jurassic. Anyway, okay, fine, fine. But th- for me, that is what it is, and and I really I, I thought that it did a good job just watching. And obviously, it's it's connecting with audiences, right? People who are just going in for pure thrills and action. I really do feel like it delivers. I mean, if if you're gonna go see a movie and you just want to be thrilled, this is when you say it's terrible. This is not. And let's it's be honest. It's not poorly this, made. It's this is just, not Transformers. No, it's much it's better not, than that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is not Michael Bay. This is not throw all the junk against the wall and see what sticks. This Hold up. why I, isn't it? Why isn't it? Because I that's that's why I, that's my personal feeling about it. Uh, I, I really honestly think that this is a really well thought out at least world that that they created here. And there are a few characters that I wish they would have cut out or changed or whatever. Sure, but I think overall. The the world the the story the experience that you have is well worth the ticket price, especially if you're just going in for, you know, two hours, two and a half hours of thrills of action and excitement. I think I think far above and beyond this thing delivers. I, I, I can't imagine that you wouldn't think that that's the case. I, I really can't. Do do you think this was better or, or worse than uh, the Avengers: Age of Ultron, Chad? I think they're about the same for me. I had close to the same reaction, just underwhelmed. I'd probably say Avengers is a little better because there was more in that movie that I enjoyed than this one. I mean, literally, I, I, 
I the first Jurassic Park. I don't have the same connection that you do to it, Chris. But it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Sure, I loved the second one. Most people hate the second one. I loved the second one. Third one, I pretend never existed. So I went into this movie as a complete fanboy, wanting this movie to be great and rooting for it. And I just can't. I just at some at some point, it just doesn't have the heart and the humanity and the soul that the others did so that I just, you know, it just seemed like, like Josh was saying, it was just one thing connected to the next. That was a lot of spectacle that didn't, didn't connect for me. And, and, and the spectacle in and of itself, except for the last one, wasn't enough to sustain it. It didn't make it worth it for me. Right. Jurassic world does not hold a candle to Jurassic park. Jurassic park is a masterpiece. In my opinion, Jurassic world for me, I think it's my, just, I mean, Mad Max is, 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 I have to push that out, but I think it's been my favorite so far of the summer. If you take Mad Max out of the running, Mad Max is a much better film than this in every way, shape, and form. But I feel like if you're just going in for a summer blockbuster, you're looking for a fun film that's going to thrill you, I really don't think you can get better for your money. I really don't. So Thrills the- per minute is our mate. It really is incredible. I, I think they did a good job. I don't think this is a crap film. I don't think this is junk or terrible sure there's some missteps sure there's some warts but i still think it's a really good movie so the question is josh if you had to watch one of these movies again which would here we go this one or mad max i was gonna say ex machina but um, (laughs) (laughs) all right if i had to watch one of these again oh that's really tough yep all the way that's that's genuinely difficult theater in the theater so you can't even do it at home. Uh, you have to pay Ooh. for it, Josh. Oh, well, I, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm just not going to do that. No, you <laughs> have to. You have to. Let's wow. make this realistic. If I can go to the theater for free. Um, oh, man. I don't can even I understand the, how this yeah. is a comparison. I don't understand. Can either. I watch the original Mad Max? <laughs> no. All right, so we're done. Let's, let's just, let's just, we're Mad done. Max. We're done. Yay! That's the right answer. Good answer. Good answer. That's the right it's answer. It's only because I'm c- more curious about it, and there's nothing. There's nothing to go back and watch in Jurassic World. There's nothing. There you go. So I've seen it. Yeah. Me- I, I, Melody, did the people that you went with? Did they like it? The other people, other than Chris? Uh, yeah. I mean, nobody was like lo- loved it, but nobody was slamming it either. It was kind of just like fun summer movie, okay, kind of thing. Okay. Except for the guy sitting next to me who just went, meh. That guy's yeah. smart. You and I literally, I literally almost punched him. You I know you did. You were so mad. You were so mad. I was, like, <laughs> I was not mad. Yes, I thought it was funny. Were, you were I basically laughed, so. like your rage. Oh, You're like, oh, gosh. Josh is here with me. Yes, <laughs> it's like having Josh right here. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our review of Jurassic World. It breaks my heart that you guys didn't like it as much as I did. But All right. Here we go. Let's wrap this sucker up. You're listening to the Screeners Podcast. Thank you guys for listening this week. As you can tell, we have strong opinions on both sides of the aisle for many of these films. But who we really want to hear from is you. If you agree or disagree with what we've said, if you take Chris's side and think Jurassic Park is the second coming, or if you're like Josh and you think Mad Max is actually drivel and not worth seeing, we want to know about it. Send us an email at screenerscast at gmail.com or go to our Facebook page, search for Screeners, and let us know what's going on. Let us know what you think. Do you agree? Do you disagree? And let's have a conversation. So thanks again for listening. And as always, don't forget, leave us some love in an iTunes review. We'll see you next week.
And that's a wrap. You've heard what the screeners had to say. Now you be the critic. Head over to screenerspodcast.com and let us know what you think. See you next time.